Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The World Cricket Show is proudly sponsored by Newbury Cricket, quality bat makers since 1919. That was good, that, was good, that one. Good We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and it's my solemn responsibility to be your host today. And rolling in half-baked... Wearing a leather jacket and smoking a cigarette, it's Mr. Cool Guy himself, Tony Kerr. Hey. What you should have said is, hey. Yeah. Like, you, well, you didn't give me the script. So. you like uh, Fonzie, you know? Yeah. It's a very topical reference there. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about you being cool, Tony, because uh, we had a, a message from a, a mutual friend of ours, James, uh, the other day saying that he was out and about somewhere. Was he at a work event or something? And he met someone new and discovered when he told this person that he was from Guernsey they were a big fan of the World Cricket Show remarkable and was like oh yeah oh you're from Guernsey oh yeah listen to this podcast with these two guys from Guernsey and yeah <laughs> passed that on to us which you know we we found amusing but then to my dismay <laughs> they revealed that the that this uh, man in question had described you as the cool one never in doubt never in doubt I from think, episode one I think obvious from the first words that we ever uttered. Didn't, I didn't really know what to do with that information. How were you described? Just as not, the not cool one. Well, not at all, I think. <laughs> that's, that's the I listened to this podcast with uh, Tony Kerr from Guernsey. And there's another guy as well. He does this it. This guy is just, sort of, I don't know, inch the compare. <laughs> Long time listeners might remember that we had a, a, a running bit about hashtag Team Adam and hashtag Team Tony, uh, which I quietly shelved at some point when... Uh, <laughs> All the tweets were coming in, hashtag Team Tony. I don't make the rules. Um, <laughs> you, have, you do mobilise a, a social media yeah, army. Yeah, when, I get the vote you... out. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Very good to hear. Yeah, I know you do look very pleased with yourself. <laughs> it's really perked me up. I think our, our friend James uh, was like blown away by the fact that this guy listens to the World Cricket Show because I think he's always assumed that we have about five listeners uh, and he's never listened to an episode himself. So, uh, you know, that goes to show how much support we have on the ground. Although he's never been, you know, may- maybe it's the technology that's stumping him, I don't know, because he's never been, you know, he's never been particularly strong in that department. This is the guy who I was <laughs> once, he asked me once, he's a big fan of chess, and he asked me once, do you think you could play chess on the internet? I was like, I'm pretty sure you can, James. Yeah, I think you, I think you could probably find a way to play chess on the internet. And I was sat next to him on the sofa when he got his laptop out, went to google.com, and typed in play chess online website <laughs> it's a damning indictment about the, the the you know our generation's kind of uh the way we've we've just sort of fallen between the cracks which wanna you know there's no excuse really we should be you know someone like james should be 
yeah, up to speed on all the, the latest things you can do on the internet. Well, because, yeah, we're not quite digital natives, I suppose, are we, uh, in our generation? But everyone would assume we are, uh, you know, being, being millennials. Like, what are we millennials? Like, elder millennials? Elder senior millennials. But we grew up, like, our school had Acorn computers when we were, when we were like, 10, 11 years old. Um, so, yeah, James struggled a bit with that. So I'm just, I'm imagining him now, after having that conversation, like, going home, getting his laptop out, typing in, listen world cricket show podcast online website uh so hopefully he's managed to find this and is, is hearing it for the first time welcome along james and a special special hello you know shout a, out a particular shout out to the person who we don't know the unnamed listener yeah. thanks for thanks for the support <laughs> again that sounds like that's our one listener <laughs> <laughs> thank you to our listener for tuning in um, all right, well, lots to talk about on the World Cricket Show today. Yet again, it's been a while since we managed to get together to record on these. So there's uh, there's lots of cricket to catch up on. We're going to talk about uh, India in New Zealand. We're going to talk about the Women's T20 World Cup. And we're also going to be answering questions from you, the listeners, not you, Tone. <laughs> you, the listener. Questions from you, <laughs> the listener. So uh, what a thrill for you. Uh, but let's start, Tone, down in New Zealand uh, where the Kiwis have been taking on India in a battle between uh, number one and number two in the test rankings. It's been a busy winter for New Zealand, who have also played test series against England and Australia. Uh, and they've come out of it looking pretty well. Obviously, they didn't do so well in Australia, but they did beat England, of course. And they've now beaten India as well uh, with a 2-0 clean sweep of that series at home. The first test was in Wellington. India were bowled out for less than 200 twice for 165 and 191 wickets for Tim Southey and Kyle Jamieson on debut, uh, as well as Trent Bolt in the second innings. And New Zealand made 348 in their in their first innings, and then their target in the second innings was just nine, uh, which unsurprisingly they managed to achieve. So they were one nil up. They went they went to Christchurch for the second test, and it was a similar story. They bowled India out for 242 uh, in the first innings, and again uh, it looked like India were well behind. This time they did come back into it and even took a first innings lead bowling New Zealand out for 235 in reply but things fell apart for the tourists in the third innings of the match as they were skittled out again this time for just 124 Trent Bolt with another impressive haul four for 28 Uh, and that set New Zealand just 132 to win Uh, the opening partnership made more than 100 of them they did lose a little flurry of wickets three quick wickets but it wasn't enough for India and New Zealand won that game by seven wickets to wrap up, as I say, a 2-0 series victory. So where do we start, Reid? I mean, this, this is a big result for New Zealand, isn't it? An impressive win. How impre- how, where are you ranking this? Come on, give us some perspective. How impressive a result is this? Well, it's extremely impressive, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, hugely impressive. You say, you know, they got whitewashed in Australia. So to come back and do that against, you know, the quote-unquote best team in the world uh is 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 yeah is, is mightily impressive yeah the way they did it as well you know pretty pretty damn convincing and particularly the bowling department for for uh new zealand it's just an embarrassment of, of kind of riches uh, i mean for what new zealand is as a country as a cricket nation it's it's pretty astonishing yeah and you know we we kind of grew up in the the era of your sort of your flemings your cairns astles you know, and, and you know, it was a really they're always an enjoyable team to watch then. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, this New Zealand, this current New Zealand team, you know, they're making a case for 
for being up there with their best ever. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue that. They've now, uh, they've now won six series in a row at home, uh, winning nine tests in that sequence and losing a grand total of zero. And it's, yeah, it is becoming a real fortress at home. Still something to prove away from home. As I mentioned, they obviously had a difficult time in Australia, but then most teams do. Yeah, but definitely at home, they are a really impressive team at the moment. And as you mentioned, it's surely a lot to do with that seam attack. We've talked about this quite a bit. It has to be right up there with the best in the world at the moment. Arguably the best in the world at the moment when you consider that, you know, South Africa have now lost Philander, when you consider that New Zealand outperformed India in this series, you know, Australia, probably the only team that would, that would lay a claim. Salvi hasn't necessarily been at his best over the last couple of years, but he really came back and was, uh, was fantastic in this series. Lovely Trenty Trent Bolt, or actually his real name, Trent Bolt, uh, you know, just always delivers. Neil Wagner has had a, a terrific winter and you can now add Kyle Jameson to that list as well. He's six foot eight inches tall, uh, really comes bounding in and he took nine wickets in this series at 16, including a five wicket haul uh, in the first innings of that second test in Christchurch. So yeah, particularly in these conditions, in these home conditions uh, where the ball does move around a bit, uh, that attack is is absolutely lethal and yeah, really and, good to watch. And, and Southie Bolt, you know, statistically kind of, you know, right up there with the, the best uh, opening, you know, partnerships ever. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, longevity, ability, other things that finish with E. Um, yeah, they've got they can be rightly proud of uh, of of the position they've kind of engineered at the moment. And they utterly dominated the Indian batting in this series, uh, which really kind of floundered. India only reached two hundred once. I mean, I suppose it's easy to make sweeping statements because we are only talking about two Test matches here, but nonetheless, to only reach two hundred once in four innings, yeah, that one time at top score of two hundred forty-two. They'll be incredibly disappointed with that. No Indian batsman scored a century in these two tests. And that is the first time for 18 years that India have gone through a series without a batsman scoring a century. The last time was in New Zealand in 2002. Their top individual score of the series was 58. Virat Kohli compiled 38 runs in four innings. And uh, this is an interesting stat. Tim Salvey has dismissed Kohli more than anyone else in international cricket. There you go. I don't think compiled is the right... <laughs> uh, the right verb for um, for thirty one runs, thirty eight. Thirty eight. Sorry, give 38. Credit, um, yeah. Trying to think of it. Yeah, sort of. What's the word? I don't know. Have you got a better one? Scraped. Gone. You're the word man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've, you've been sending me messages recently asking, <laughs> yeah. asking me for grammar advice. <laughs> Where does the comma go, mate? I could buy Grammarly, but I've uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just go to you much cheaper. If I go to you. Um, yeah, and obviously, you know, well publicised, uh, but I guess partly because of Cody's uh, reaction in the press conference. But yeah, sort of well publicised, kind of rattling of Cody's cage uh, in this series. Um, yeah, so people may well have seen this story. I was just going to quickly uh, read the start of this article from Crick Info just to to bring us up to speed. If you haven't, uh, so the headline is: "Don't create controversy." Virat Cody irked by question on Kane Williamson's send off. Virat Kohli and Kane Williamson have usually gotten along well on and off the field and they've often spoken about the respect they have for each other. On Sunday, however, Williamson was treated to a fiery send-off from Kohli when he was caught behind off Jasprit Bumrah during New Zealand's first innings in Christchurch. As Williamson walked off the field, Kohli ran towards the bowler from second slip, yelling out loudly while facing the departing batsman. But what he said wasn't clearly audible on TV replays. During his post-match press conference on Monday, a member of the local media asked Kohli about the send-off and whether that gesture had set the right example 
Coley responded with a question of his own. What do you think? I asked you the question, the reporter shot back. I am asking you the answer, Coley said. You need to find out exactly what happened and then come back with a better question. You can't come here with half questions and half details of what happened. And also, if you want to create controversy, this is not the right place to do it. I've spoken to the match referee. I have no issues with what happened. So thank you. I'm definitely going to use that one in my next. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm asking you the answer. It's a, it's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> in my next appraisal or job interview or just anything. Have you put the bins out, Adam? What do you think? <laughs> I'm, asking you the, I'm asking you the answer. Um, now, Tane, you're on record as saying that you hate Virat Kohli and you don't think he's very good at cricket. Um, what did you make of this incident? Well, I don't know if the record is... I don't know what the record says. Just go but, back and listen to the Yeah, tape. true. There's probably, there. probably said every opinion under the sun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, he personally had a very disappointing series. The team had a disappointing series. You know, sort of, you know, one down, you know, going into that test in Christchurch. And I, I guess, you know, we'll, maybe we'll mention the, the, the test championship afterwards. I don't, mm-hmm. You know, p- potentially something he would have felt like quite a lot was riding on it. I, I mean, I, I guess... You want to see a bit of passion on the field. It's almost irrelevant, though, as to what he said. It's kind of what it, what it, whatever it appeared. You know, it, it, it is what it appeared. So, to I think it's a fair question, and I, I think he's, whatever. You know, it's obviously just a bit cantankerous with the answer. Yeah, and the line you need to find out exactly what happened and come up with better questions. Well, if he's saying you need to find out exactly what happened, he's being given the opportunity to tell him exactly yeah. what happened. Like, who's going to tell him what happened if not Coley? So I, I thought that was quite strange, and you know we've we've talked about this uh, about this uh, with Coley in the past. Like he's obviously incredibly passionate, and I can see that if you're an Indian fan, you would love that passion. Uh, but sometimes that does kind of boil over and and spill over into something a bit more like I don't know. Like he can be a bad winner at times, not necessarily a bad loser. He's usually pretty magnanimous in defeat. Obviously, not so much. Here, but he can when something like that happens when they you know when they get a good player out it can look a bit ugly the way he celebrates and it does that doesn't make him a bad person because you know it's sort of understandable human reaction but it does make him hard to warm to I think and you and I tend have come across those guys on the football pitch quite a lot over the years you like we've come across a lot of bad winners uh, <laughs> in our time haven't we um, yeah. because we're usually on the losing side and uh, yeah I don't like them very much <laughs> like that. Yeah. I don't like that kind of behavior so it does make it hard to kind of uh to to really warm to Cody as I say but in the end as as you say I think probably it's a little bit of a storm in a teacup like I don't think they need to make too much of it yeah I agree it's one of those isn't it that in many ways his reaction is the story it, or his reaction rather to being questioned is the story and that's just in a way, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a boring story, but it, I suppose it's it is it's fodder, isn't it? It's it's interest. It's a bit of sort of something out of the you know ordinary kind of like platitudes and mm. and and just kind of non-answers you get in press conferences. Yeah, it gives media hacks like us something to talk about. Exactly, it? which is it's great. We lap yeah. it up. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's probably not in a great mood uh, because it was a a bad series for India, both in terms of result and performance, and a bad series for him personally. I mean, in terms of their, you know, their standing at the moment, you know, obviously they're utterly imperious at home. We saw them, you know, demolish South Africa quite recently. And they've had some good results away from home in the last few years, most notably that win in Australia 12 months or so ago. But this defeat and the defeat to England back in 2018 do suggest that they still have their problems 
in these sorts of conditions when the ball swings when it moves laterally that they're just not quite there yet and obviously that those conditions are very difficult for almost anybody for for they're just difficult for batting um but yeah that's probably the last hurdle for them or a hurdle that they haven't cleared yet so until they do win in england or win in new zealand or both uh, i would say they probably although they're definitely the best team in the world at the moment um they probably can't be added to the list of you know all-time great teams um so that is the the challenge and again might be one of the reasons why cody is so annoyed because he knows that yeah and i guess for someone like him um you know who's clearly you know a, a cut above or or someone who's not you know not just has the ability to be an all-time great uh and the kind of stats to back it up but also like the desire to be you know he's one of those kind of you know, clearly very motivated people and he loves test cricket as well yeah so you know you don't have you know in a career you don't have that much time to mm-hmm. to make your impact and yeah, if you do if you do if that's how you want you know, if you've got a certain image of or certain idea of how you want to be remembered or the impact you want to make as a, as a player then you, there's, you know you, you've got to do it as a captain you've got to do it you know when it's in front of you you can't you know, yeah he's not you've got that many opportunities exactly although that said he's playing cricket probably about 320 days of the year so <laughs> That's it's like he's literally got loads of opportunities aren't they back in England again is it next summer they're coming back so yeah <laughs> there'll be more opportunities to come but um, but yeah not a great uh, not a great performance from his team in this series it was an enjoyable series though I thought I've said this before Tone I, I love watching cricket in New Zealand like it's just always good value the grounds just some of the great grounds in the world it always looks amazing and the commentary too I do love a bit of New Zealand commentary, you know, the old, it's, it's a six. And I also discovered my favourite, I've always thought, I've always said, Tone, and you'll know that my favourite word in a New Zealand accent is hectic. Oh, it's absolutely hectic. But uh, on the commentary, I was, the bit I was watching the other day, one of the commentators described uh, one of the players as magnetic and that's now God. overtaken it. He said, oh, he's absolutely magnetic. <laughs> so I've been saying that a lot to myself. <laughs> yeah, just walking around <laughs> while I'm getting my cereal. Tough to argue with that. Um, all right, well, let's move, Tone, from New Zealand. Well, do, you want, do you want to talk about the Test Championship? Yeah, go for it. It's, it's been blown wide open, hasn't it, with this result? Go for it. Uh, I, I mean, have you? were you kind of consciously aware of what impact any results might have on... On the test uh, no, I haven't even looked at the table yeah. at all. But uh, give give me an update. Well, I mean, in theory, it, it, yeah, it has. I guess opened it slightly, hasn't it? Because India, up until well, going into the series, had won seven from seven, maximum point return, uh, and we're you know we're looking on course to just sort of run away with it. I mean, when you actually look at the points, that maybe I mean, it's it's hard to understand for me. Uh, God, God and knows you're how you'd really find it. really smart. But I mean, it is almost impenetrable, really. And it's not even that big a table. There's only nine teams in it. But you know that the columns, you know, a lot. just have a look at it. Well, I'm bringing it up now. You it, can't tell the listeners to just have a look at it. It kind of made much more sense when there was just all the numbers were zero at the start. But um, obviously, you know, uh, you know, as we know, all series carry the same number of points, don't they? But matches mm. uh, have a different point value depending on how many games or, or yeah, how many matches there are in a series so you, yeah you have this situation where yeah it, you know the points are just all over the place it's like some sort of prime number table or something <laughs> um but anyway it, it, india have got 360 then it comes australia on 296 then new zealand on 180 england on 146 pakistan 140 it's simple 
yeah, so anyway, stuff might happen. I, I haven't even begun to know or look at what the permutations are from here. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I guess it, I guess it has introduced an a, you know, element of new interest <laughs> into things. So yeah, for England in, in fourth, you know, maybe maybe an opportunity. So there, there could be a, a decent race on there for, You're for that right, final. But I've made this point about six times, so apologies for repeating myself. But the, the flip side is that for teams lower down the table, like South Africa and West Indies, so South Africa have 24 points, West Indies zero. They've only played one series so far. But, you know, if South Africa play West Indies in a test series, I don't know, what, I don't know if that is a fixture that's going to happen, but if they do play West Indies in a test series what's the interest that does does the addition of the chess does the creation of the test championship mm. actually make that less meaningful than if it didn't exist so but i understand why I, I i appreciate that they are trying to do something but they're they're not quite there yet for me yeah and uh you know I, when did we last talk about this not the last episode but the previous <laughs> yeah, one probably. So about six months ago yeah um you know, we were, we were talking about, you know, what is the, you know, what should be the context that Test Cricket's built around. And I, I've just been thinking about it, you know, in my quiet moments. Mm. Sort of well, I've been walking around saying the word <laughs> magnetic to myself. You've been thinking about the Test Championship. Yeah, God. And I'm the cool one. Um, yeah. No, I, I just, I don't know. I kind of feel like actually, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. You know, I guess it's a, a what is it? A two year, three year? Is it three years? Two two and a half years, years i think two years well, 2019 to 2021 okay which is right. get your calculator in theory out. two years yeah. but well i don't know yeah it might be longer than that i think it is two yeah um you know yeah obviously it's a new experiment yeah we, i guess probably shouldn't judge it until it's over when we can actually reflect on as you say the impact on various series you know involving teams at the top and the bottom but I, yeah, I kind of I've come to the conclusion that actually Test cricket, the 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 analogy or the meta is it analogy or the metaphor, sporting wise for for Test cricket, I think should be drawn from the boxing world, and not not necessarily by having like various belts because I don't really understand that or like how you don't have to fight good people and you yeah, can still be the like, best yeah. ever. In a, in a sort of perfect world that if you organise boxing, then that's what it should be like where you know, the, the the best teams are the ones that just keep winning and, and beat the other best teams. And then, you know, you can reflect on it at the end with this, you know, the, the big series when a, a you know, side who have gone and beaten five or six of the others in over the last couple of years plays another of the teams that have, you know, and it's the matchups you want to see then, the big series. So, you know, I guess if New Zealand keep this up, the next time they come to England, which would have been like 2031, um, you know, that that's a series you, you want to see because it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's England playing a side that have that have done really well. Mm. It's the heavyweights, isn't it? Or not that? Well, it's not literally the heavyweights, but it's like it's the you know you want to see the the bouts between the the sides that have that have beaten all the other challenges. Yeah, but then how do you do you still have those series between the heavyweight sides and the challenge sides? And if not, how do you know which side is the heavyweight? Well, no, I, I shouldn't have used the word heavyweight. I think that's confused it slightly. <laughs> what I meant was the in any there's no, there's one weight division in cricket, right? Uh, and everyone kind of yeah fights everyone, and then the one that wins, you know, beats everyone else is the one that's considered to be a, a, a good side. Okay. But I mean, that kind of is what that is the situation, isn't it? Or well, not? exactly. Yeah. So in theory, then we don't really need. So the we test don't okay, so It's an argument yeah. against the test championship. Yeah. I see. We got there in the end. So do you follow? I think so. <laughs> you're doing your best. You're trying. I'm trying to keep up. Go away and work on it. Yeah, it was I'll a work half, on the wording. It was a half-decent first attempt and come back with something a bit more articulate. So let's leave New Zealand tone and uh, hop across the Tasman. The Tasman Sea? 
to Australia, yeah. uh, where the Women's T20 World Cup has been taking place over the last week or so. What's happening, Tone? What's the latest on that tournament? We're recording this on the eve of the semi-finals. We're recording this on Wednesday. Those semi-finals will be played on Thursday, Australian time, so people may well know the outcome, although there is some well, doubt now. This is it, isn't it? The uh, you know, It's sort of threatening to... Which is obviously a great shame for the tournament. Uh, it's threatening to finish in a bit of a damp squib with sort of both semi-finals under under threat of weather as we speak, uh, which yeah, and with no reserve days for the semi-finals either. So uh, as it stands, it would be uh, who is it? Who's going through? It would be South Africa and India to progress because they finished top of the groups exactly. But the semi-finals are India v England and South Africa v Australia. But yes, if there is no play, then it will be an India-South Africa final. Yeah, which is uh, yeah, clearly not the way anyone would want to, to see the tournament kind of come to a, come to a head. I mean, I, I guess there is a sort of saving grace. I don't know if that's the right expression, but um, yeah, the fact that neither, neither India or South Africa have been in a final before in this tournament. So of the four sides that you'd, you'd kind of want to see going through by default, it'd probably be those two. Uh, you know, I think if it was Australia and England going through, you know, how many of Australia have won four of them out of the four out of the seven? They've uh, only, four out of the six so far. Yeah, and they've only not been in one final, which was the first yeah. one in two thousand nine. So I think you know, like the you know, if if that's the way the the cookie crumbles, then you know, I, I, well, it's pretty easy for me to say that Australia should could just say, well, you know, it's probably time for someone else to have a go. <laughs> that said, it is obviously in Australia, and mm-hmm. quite a lot has been made about the fact that you know the final could be a huge moment or you know, will, will would potentially have been a huge moment or still could, you know, if Australia are there, you know, big ticket sales could be even bigger if they get there. So in that sense, that would be a great shame for the tournament. But, uh, but yeah, the, but there we go. We'll see. I guess you can't, we can't speculate too much, but I mean, uh, you know, up until this point, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been, it's been an interesting tournament. There's been some really interesting performances a lot of talking points. Yeah, definitely. A lot of talking points. I mean, I, I don't know, um, you know, in terms of crowds and, and interest, uh, you know, they haven't always been that big. Um, but it, but in terms of uh, certainly in the UK, the, you know, the, the coverage has been has been pretty good, actually. And um, there are good signs o- over that. Yeah, certainly in terms of the talking points, you know, the 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 sort of obviously the feel good story of the tournament has been Thailand. Uh, although they were unfortunate, they produced their biggest score against Pakistan, yeah. one hundred and fifty for three in their final group game, and then that was washed out. Yeah, that so was very unfortunate. The first three games they produced three two digit two digit scores, but then mm. yeah, one hundred and fifty for three against Pakistan. Pakistan have never chased that many, uh, so they would have. You know, they did have a really good chance there, but yeah, as you say, rain intervene that was that was bitterly unfortunate for that for thailand uh but yeah it was just a great story that they were there and competing the impact that they've made without winning a game has been it's been incredible and um you know you read any of the coverage or watch any of the coverage of, of thailand and it's been universally positive likable players um and, and and you know a great story for for cricket and that's something that you know they should be looking at to kind of replicate in as many places as they can. I you know, it's not always possible, you know, Thailand sport in Thailand. I don't know a huge amount about, you know, in terms of their kind of, their sort of sporting stars, it, you know, uh, certainly in things like the Olympics, it tends to be in kind of weightlifting and boxing, 
yeah, I don't know. They've, they've had a, a few other sort of tennis players and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but no one has really kind of troubled the the kind of global scene. So and team sports, yeah. So yeah, 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 exactly. So it's a huge opportunity for them as a country to be, you know, if they can get if they can build on this, and presumably, I don't, you know, I don't know what the reaction's been like in Thailand, but if they can build on this, um, there, there's a tremendous opportunity for for them to become for for Thailand to become you know a regular fixture in the women's game you know on the international scene something that's growing all the time and it can only be a positive it's a, a huge opportunity for growth really in women's cricket overall i mean it, it's been interesting and, and really encouraging that as we mentioned neither australia nor england topped their group um it does seem like the field is much more open these days it's not so long ago that you could pretty much guarantee an england australia final in any tournament possibly new zealand might squeeze in but you know england australia where the two best sides by a mile and some of the other, you know, what are major nations in men's cricket, like Pakistan and South Africa, were just miles behind. Um, but that has changed and the, the field is much, much more open these days. West Indies won this tournament in 2016. They've not even made the semi-finals this time. I think there's a, a case for women's cricket being the future of cricket in a sense, or at least the, there's capacity for growth in women's cricket, expansion of the game around the world in a way that has proved quite hard to come by in men's cricket. I mean, one of the reasons for the growth, I think, in uh, sort of established cricket in countries is because, you know, you're seeing like greater equality for women in uh, in subcontinent countries than there's perhaps been there in the past. And there's no reason, I think, that cricket couldn't become sort of like tennis with the women's side of it being sort of as significant as women's tennis is in terms of, participation and coverage yeah i agree and when you compare it to say football and rugby i mean clearly football women's football is is you know over the last kind of five to ten years is is, has kind of been transformed um yeah you'd guess that that's going to continue to develop rugby arguably similarly in its own right but maybe doesn't have quite the same um or wouldn't have quite the same appeal or be sort of transferable around the world in quite the same way that cricket could be um well because yeah i mean there's lo- lots of reasons for it but like, you know cricket doesn't rely exclusively on power does it that's not what it's all about or speed um which does make which can sometimes make th- something like rugby a more challenging proposition to expand the coverage like, there are things in cricket like six hitting and and pace bowling where that is more the case but things like spin bowling and fielding and wicket keeping and uh, you know, there, there's no reason. There's no reason for it to be any different, uh, and increasingly we're seeing that to be the case. I mean, you know, obviously, um, Sarah Taylor's uh, stepped away from cricket now, but many people would have said that she was the best wicketkeeper in the world uh, in either gender. You know, I'm sure we'll see more of that as time goes on. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and, and you know what, the early years and well, it's continuing to a certain extent, but you know, sort of men's T20 and that that kind of the journey we've been on with that towards kind of bigger hitting more hitting more sixes you know there there is an element of fatigue to that mm. um and we've always said it you know the most exciting thing about cricket is our exciting match situation is mm. not necessarily yeah 400 plays 400 although that can be good you know women's cricket has an equal capacity to um, produce exciting situations and 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 brilliant matchups and and as you say like fantastic skills 
So it should be, yeah, th- th- there should be a lot of, of capacity there to, to grow. Yeah, and, really, we, and we've seen really some great point. performance, you know, mm-hmm. that opening match, uh, Poonam Yadav, the um, Indian spinner, you know, produced a, you know, a, a phenomenal spell to kind of turn the game on its head and, uh, you know, with, with some fantastic um, googlies. Uh, so that yeah, that's really exciting, and you know, obviously India have been this Indian side has kind of been kind of lit up with the the sixteen year old uh, opener Shafali Verma, who's yeah, the impact she's having this tournament. What was it? Uh, Forty nine from twenty eight balls against Australia, and India won that game. We're, we've also seen uh, some great performances from from England. Uh, Nat Siver and Heather Knight are top of the run scoring charts. Heather Knight hit a century against Thailand. Sophie Eccleston is. Uh, 20 years old English spinner has so far taken eight wickets at an average of six. England have been looking good despite that um, opening defeat against South Africa. But yeah, as we mentioned at the top, um, the question is, will they get the opportunity uh, to play that semi-final uh, or could their tournament be ended by rain? Yeah, which is good, which would be a great shame. I mean, you know, having said all this about you know new sides coming in, it, we could end up with an Australia-England final uh, again. But yeah, you know, overall, yeah, again, it, you know, we'll, we'll wait till the end of the tournament maybe for to see what the uh, you know the takeaways are. You know, I think there's a danger that perhaps people can expect too much with, with certain things. You know, that the expectations are too high, and if they're not met, it's deemed a kind of a, you know a bit of, not a failure, but like there's a bit of disappointment. But actually, you know, you, you take the positives out of this. I think it's a yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a fantastic. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Event. Okay, Tone. Now, uh, ordinarily, you and I come up with the content for the show between us, and it's it's pretty easy, isn't it? <laughs> we can come up with content in our sleep. We've got content dripping out of us. Um, but occasionally, it's nice to give the listeners the illusion of importance uh, by inviting them to send in questions for us to tackle, you know, sort of make them think that we value their involvement. So I did do a throw out, as you would say, the other day on Twitter, uh, asking people what they think we should talk about on this episode. Uh, a tweet that was liked by Dean from <laughs> last year's Apprentice series. So uh, maybe he is the listener that James met the other day, very possible. Um, so we had a, quite a few responses. Uh, we've probably only got time to, to tackle a couple. Uh, this one from Jane Tymon uh, saying we should talk about Mark Wood injured again. What will England do moving forward so yeah uh, mark wood uh, is going to miss the tour of sri lanka we talked about this on the last pod tone you know it's i do think it's extremely unlikely that mark wood is ever going to stay fit for an extended period of time it's just just not going to happen and yeah we we said last time like you know it doesn't have to be that he's going to be simon jones and never play again but equally it's not necessarily going to be a case that he's going to do a Pat Cummins or a James Pattinson and, and one day sort of crack it and and be fit for a long period I mean not least because Wood is quite a bit older than Cummins was when he finally got fit Wood's 30 now it does seem like Wood his body's just not sort of built to cope with the 
stresses of fast bowling and that's not like that's not sort of a pejorative thing to say because fast bowling is pretty weird i think you know in some ways you have to have you have to be quite weird for your body to not struggle to do that england just need to see it as a bonus when he's fit you know just play him when he's fit and if they can squeeze sort of 10 or 12 tests out of him over the next three or four years run him into the ground (laughs) (laughs) you know maybe that's well that would that would be great and maybe but that's maybe all that can be hoped for yeah i know i agree i don't think this particular injury changes anything does it really it certainly wasn't a surprise no not a surprise and also like i don't know i wouldn't have played him in sri lanka anyway what you know what what are you sort of getting out i mean Mm. i I mean it would have been pretty harsh to tell a guy who's not been uh he's missed a lot of cricket that if he had been fit that we're gonna rest you (laughs) rest you for this so so in a way probably yeah probably you know maybe he, he would have played but in the grand scheme of things yeah they should just bottle him up uh, and unleash him, you know, uncork the, shake the bottle and uncork it just every now and then. Choose their moments. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, if if they, if they can get him fit for, a, you know, a cup, even a home series and get him through a home series in the next couple of years and then, and then on to Australia, then that would be a massive result. Yeah, or it might be more likely that it's one or two tests in a series. So, mm. you know, the, the thought of him playing all five tests in Australia seems pretty far-fetched but he might be able to come in and play in Perth and Melbourne or, or something like that a bit like Chris Tremlett did uh, all those years ago as you say I don't think the uh, the calculations changed at all really with this news England just need to sort of wrap him up in cotton wool as much as they can play him when they can uh, but not sort of make long-term plans with him in mind yeah no, no, and you know we've spoken about it before but no not nor kind of should they in a way I don't know I'm not I'm all up for team building and stuff, but you know, it is a case of, you know, you, you select the best side that's available available to you at the time. And if if Wood misses a, a chunk of cricket and then comes back and, and looks good in the nets, then you know, when you look at what he's produced in the last year, when he's been given the opportunity or when he, when his body's given the opportunity, it's it's properly blockbuster. So you just get him straight back in. Mm. So that tour starts uh well the test series starts on nine on the nineteenth of March, uh just the two tests in this series is i mean it's not long since england were there it's only 18 months since they were last there when of course they pulled off that remarkable three nil whitewash and it feels a little bit odd in a way that they're back so soon especially because it it was six years before that you know that was six and a half years i think was the the previous tour so cricket is weird isn't it it's quite erratic but i guess it is because of the test championship isn't it that that the schedule is is has changed a bit how you know how how are things shaping up ahead of that tour do you think tony england obviously be on a, a bit of a high after that uh, South Africa result. Would you be expecting a similar sort of outcome to when England were in Sri Lanka last time? Or is, yeah. is that hubris? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think so. I mean, yeah, things certainly, there's a lot of positives to take into it, aren't there? Um, yeah, Pope, Pope, um, Pope, and then um, yeah, some of the others. So, uh <laughs> You know, the list goes on. Yeah, exactly. No, there's a lot. Of, there, there, there's a lot of positives. There's a lot of stuff, kind of selection headaches, I guess, swirling around a bit. Um, it seems like it's as complex a selection situation in a way as it's been for a while. Just in, for various reasons, players kind of taking breaks, not been informed. You know, selection dilemmas, players coming back from injury or, or you know, not being risked. I don't know. It, you know, it is a bit. It seems like there's a lot. You know, the selection meetings might have gone on a little bit longer than usual. Well, and it's quite a complicated selection. I mean, yeah, when yeah. they were there in uh, 2018, 
Um, you know, they played three spinners. There was a, they only played one seamer, but they may as well not have done. So there is a question of how that te- how you balance that team. Keaton Jennings has come back uh, into the frame because he does have a very good record on the subcontinent. Scored 100 in Gaul on that last tour. He's also got 100 in Mumbai. He averages 45 in five tests on the subcontinent compared to 16 in 12 tests elsewhere. I mean, I, I quite like the pragmatism. I quite like the idea of making a selection like that as long as you do follow through with it. And if he scores 100 in both of these tests, you still drop him for the start of the next series. It'd be, if that does happen, it would be interesting to see whether they you know, whether they do have the, the stomach to do that. Um, but yeah, I quite like that pragmatism, but it's, it's hard to get too excited about Keaton Jennings coming back, I suppose. Um, it might be a bit harsh on him, but um, uh, but yeah, we'll see what kind of impact he can have. Yeah, I mentioned they, they so they played three spinners in Sri Lanka last time, Moeen, Rashid and Leach. Only one of those has made this tour, Jack Leach. And he, there was a story on Crick Info today that he was so sick earlier this winter that he almost died. Yeah. Uh, had sepsis, which seems slightly mad that he's on this tour. You know, yeah, maybe- it does. It does to me. It's yeah. That's it, reading that was quite shocking. And he, yeah. he, I think he said he sort of he didn't want to go to sleep because he was scared, literally scared of not waking up again. And obviously, sepsis is an incredibly serious. Yeah, wasn't it? Uh, it's like thing. the biggest killer in the yeah. world or something, isn't it? So you know, maybe give him a couple of months off for the tour. But yeah, I think you know there could be a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of Don Bess, who um, you know had a good couple of test matches in South Africa. Be, there'd be much more pressure on him. Now, I'm quite excited to see how the young batsmen get on, players like Sibley and Crawley. I mean, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of challenge they're presented with. In, the, in that whitewash in 2018, we felt, we sort of concluded that it was probably the weakest Sri Lanka team we'd seen, certainly this century. And you've mentioned it's a bit worrying because we've just said that about this South Africa team as well. And, you know, there's a few, uh, a few teams where that is the case. Um, but then after that, whitewash Sri Lanka then went to South Africa, pulled off that astonishing 2-0 victory that Kusel Pereira innings etc they got a draw at home to New Zealand who we've just said are a terrific team so things have picked up a little bit um, but still a long way to go you'd say and quite a few young players finding their feet still so yeah it's just a two test but uh, you know I'm, I'm sure it'll be a, an interesting series which way are you leaning to if I, if I forced you to make a prediction what would your prediction be I think England will yeah I think England will win would it be 2-0? I don't know. I'll go 2-0. I think I'll go... I think I'll go 1-0. It's really tough though, actually, isn't it? I sort of feel like 2-0 is too confident. <laughs> yeah. But are Sri Lanka going to win a test? I don't know. I'll go one all. I'll go one all. I suppose there's a question about whether it'll go ahead. What with the... I don't know if you've heard about this thing, the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's quite soon... And there's no, and they're already there, and they're already there, and there's no sort of major outbreak in Sri Lanka. No, there. I think there's been one re- one reported case, hasn't there? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I assume it will go ahead at this point, but then we, yeah, I guess who knows really? At it this is, point, it's weird. Like, yeah, like all the cricket we're talking about, thinking about cricket this summer and all of that. Like, there's a chance none of it will happen. Apparently, the our friend mentioned the other day, the bookies now have a sixty percent chance of the Olympics being cancelled. Which, as you said, tough call to make. I'm really glad that I'm not... Well, that's why they don't pay me the big bucks, I suppose. Well, you came really close to getting Jack Rogers' yeah. job, didn't you? But 
it's a just, big, it's a big just pa- missed out and now you're relieved it's a big party to call off I don't know yeah I, yeah, exactly we'll just have to to wait and see won't we um, yeah clearly it's a very different situation to what England faced in South Africa but, but in, in terms of like the fact that England are coming off the back of a series where they were kind of you know dogged by illness in the camp mm. um, I guess they'll be they'll be doubly aware of of what you know yeah well Reek was talking about that the other day because they've, they've said the players are going to avoid shaking hands on the tour but he said you know we've you know, we've already kind of started doing that in South Africa, so they're sort of well used to it at this point. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a, uh, a scary situation. Hopefully, that series will indeed go ahead, especially if we're all in self-isolation. It'd be nice to uh, have some cricket to watch. Yeah. All right, well, we're, we're coming towards the end here today. Well, have you got any more questions, though? Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm I've conscious got... of the fact you've, I think you might have asked one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've got one more question here. We'll come back to, to questions next time, maybe. Well, there's a question here. We we could talk about the Sheffield Shield run-in. Chris- <laughs> That's okay. You're yeah, best to come back to that. <laughs> Chris Hudson <laughs> has asked us that. Um, let's go to a question. Edward Barron says we should talk about England Lions. Dan Lawrence's ridiculous form and how is he still only 22? The success of medium paces, brackets, Robinson and Craig Overton on Aussie pitches. It is possible. Uh, so yeah, this is referring to uh, England Lions, which is you know essentially the England A team, England second eleven, uh, who yeah are touring Australia at the moment, and they've won every completed international on the tour. Uh, they've played some uh, Australian first class teams as well, uh, but yeah, every game they've played against Australia, a they've won, so they beat them in three completed ODIs and the one-off Test match as well. And actually, those those games against Australian state sides, they haven't lost any of those so it's been a very impressive sequence of results and yeah he mentioned Dan Lawrence there uh, he's in that test he scored 125 uh, in the first innings to set up that victory for England and he also scored 190 uh, in a fixture against a cricket Australia 11 as well I'm just as surprised as Edward is that Dan Lawrence is only 22 he does seem to have been around for decades I seem to remember uh, Lizzie Ammon talking uh, talking him up on the world cricket show uh, a good sort of four or five years ago. Uh, but yeah, amazing form. And I suppose it's slightly unfortunate for him in that uh, some of those, there were like, the England batting order was wide open for someone to walk in uh, with that kind of form. But, you know, because of what happened in South Africa, some of those slots have been filled. But there's probably an opportunity at number three uh, where Joe Denley hasn't really nailed that down. I don't know that Dan Lawrence is a number three necessarily, but um, you know would certainly be a candidate to, to to squeeze into that side in the summer, maybe if he can keep that up. Uh, Dom Sibley was on this tour as well and also scored a century in that in that Test match. So yeah, really uh, encouraging for uh, the future of English cricket. You would say, and just as encouraging was the performance of the English seam bowlers. So yeah, Crick, uh, Craig Overton and I was going to call him Cricket Overton there. And Ollie Robinson uh, took six wickets apiece in that test match. As Edward says, it is possible for that kind of bowler to take wickets in Australia, that kind of 80 mile an hour bowler. We've, you know, we've lamented um, that situation in the past where, uh, you know, on the most recent Ashes tour, England's bowling attack just seemed so slow, and kind of one dimensional and just didn't seem very effective on Australian pitches. Well, they have been effective here. I guess the only thing is, you know, not, it's not quite the same, is it? It's not not too many names, as you would say, in that uh, Australia A lineup, aside from Usman Khawaja. So this isn't to take away; it's to take anything away from their performances. But it might be a different story on those pitches against 
Steve Smith and David Warner. But still, you know, it'll be it'll surely be a big boost to their confidence for young English players to go to Australia and be that dominant. You know, they know they can succeed in those conditions. It can't be a bad thing. So I've talked for about 25 minutes there, Tone, but are you still, yeah, here? No, are you I still here? Yeah, so I was drifting off there. No, I agree. Um, yeah, it, it can be no bad thing to have to have players go. And, you know, it, it's a, it is an unprecedented result, isn't it, um, for England Lions? So, yeah, definitely can be no bad thing, as you say, quite how that translates you know, against the titans of Australian cricket. I don't know, but it, it's, it, it bodes well. There's a lot of boding going on. All right. Well, yeah, I think that's going to have to be it. We did get lots more questions, but we'll we'll save them uh, for another time. So Adam's done some research on the Sheffield Shield. <laughs> Precisely. Um, so let's uh, let's wrap it up there. One thing we didn't mention, I don't think we've talked about it on the uh, uh, on the pod is cast is, cast is the. Um, Maybe this is for next week as well, or or when you know the next couple of weeks. Uh, it, yeah, is the that announcement that came through a couple of weeks ago about how the tournament's sort of structure is going to look for the next ten years? Well, it's like this, like fourteen World T Twenties, yeah. five World Cups. Some new, there's like a new Champions World T Twenty condensed thing. I mean, it's kind of, it's slightly mad. Well, it's very mad that there's another World T Twenty next year. There was none for four years, and then there's one next year. It's We've said this many a time, but for people for people new to cricket, it's a tough one to explain, isn't it? Yeah, it's never really made any sense. I mean, in that, I don't really have any issue with, a, you know, you look at something like the Six Nations, which people really get up for, and it's every year, and it's the same six teams. Uh, in theory, I don't have an issue with there being an international... Let's get into this another time, actually. No, I know what you mean. Like, I've, I've not necessarily got a problem with an international... A global tournament every year. But yeah, it needs to be, there just needs to be some some logic. It just feels weird that there was one four years ago and the next one's next year. Yeah. But the other thing we didn't talk about either as well uh, in the, during the Women's World Cup section, if you can call it that, it was the, uh, there's been another uh, man-cad. Oh, yeah. Well, no, there controversy. wasn't. Oh, oh, sorry, controversy. A non-man-cad controversy, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Because England didn't man-cad when they had the opportunity. Was it... Was it Catherine Brunt was running into bowl and stopped and gave a warning to the South African batsman, but didn't run her out, and then England subsequently lost. I mean, the reaction was someone needs to just settle this debate. (laughs) I thought we'd done it. Well, yeah, so did I. I mean, we tried our best, but but it uh, it seems to be getting more entrenched by the incident. Mm. Um, It's kind of one of those where I kind of feel like we're right. <laughs> and the other the other side of the debate needs to kind of wrong. show a bit of contrition and just you know and, and yeah yield a bit of ground on it. Um, it possibly that's not in the spirit of kind of compromise. I, I don't know. They're, 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 some of the reactions were were, were just. It, it doesn't actually make me that angry. Like the sort of I, I would be quite angry if I was myself man cadded. Mm. The actual incident itself doesn't necessarily annoy me that much in myself. But the the reaction of people who are pro mancad to like England's uh, yeah England's players basically said after that incident they'll never mancad uh, an opposition yeah. batsman and people were like you, like the reaction to that was beyond kind of proportion mm. they were like well you're you know you're a disgrace to cricket you're kind <laughs> yeah. of like yeah you're idiots you don't understand anything about anything it's like give it a rest. A rest. People were saying that England had lost the game because of, the, and it, like clearly they hadn't. I mean, that's a nonsense. Yeah, 
but also I don't. Let's not get into it. Yeah, too, right? move on. Move on. <laughs> it's just I, as we said before. I just find it so tedious. I find the glee about Mancad so tedious, and you know, let's just. I don't want more of it in cricket, basically, but it is going to keep happening. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, I think we should wrap it up there. Um, have you enjoyed this one, Tone? Yeah, it's been good. What's uh, What's going on? What's the latest from Tony Kerr Towers? <laughs> I don't know, really. <laughs> Mr. Cool Guy yeah, himself. Just been cool. Just, just trying to trying to be cool. Trying to stay cool. Trying to hold on to it. How's the running going? We were talking about this last time. We've signed up to do a, a marathon relay with like 10 other people. Yeah. It's not actually that far. But It's, um, it's quite soon, isn't it? It's been about three and a bit weeks. Three weeks, yeah. I probably should get out and do a bit of running. Have you? How much running have you done so I've far? I've done a couple, to be fair. I've done a couple of, uh, yeah, a couple of nice cliff runs in oh, yeah. Guernsey. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen you out there. I don't like running on the cliffs. I, I say that I've never done it, but I don't like the idea of running on the cliffs. I just think I'd trip over. Worried about uh, tripping. Yeah, you just tumble off. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I'll take you out. I'll take you out. We can photograph it for the, uh, yeah, for our socials. That sounds we'll like fantastic To be fair, mate, I've been out a couple of days in the last, I don't know, 10 days when in the brief breaks in the weather, mm. when the sun's been out, it's pretty special on the cliffs. I've been for a couple of lovely cliff walks. So well, there you I, go. I, I you know, know. I, I can uh, vouch for that. It is pretty special on the cliffs. Well, you just see me running into the distance. <laughs> I had quite an active weekend actually because I, I did go, I did park run. I went for another run as well and oh, I did two God, long keep. cliff walks and I played paddle with you. Uh, so I was feeling pretty smug, uh, pretty pleased with myself. But where I get undone is that I then go home from each of those things and eat a giant bag <laughs> of giant buttons because I feel that I've earned it. Here's the question though. Are you going to play any cricket this summer? Uh, <laughs> what is it? I'm asking you the answer. <laughs> So I've been trying to sort of, well, I've been tentatively putting out kind of feelers to, to get the band back together. <laughs> right. Because um, we, we, yeah, probably about, what, eight years, ten years ago. I mean, how many years ago? I don't know. Did we last play, like, oh, properly like, played? No, probably like seven or eight years ago we yeah. played. <laughs> not eight, maybe seven. <laughs> we played most of a season in, in what was quite a settled Kobo uh, cricket club yeah. C team. Yeah. I think it was Otherwise C, known it? as Kobo Legends. Kobo Legends. Uh, and we won, I think, Division, whatever it was, five of Guernsey's Evening League. Since then, we've both kind of drifted away. We kind of, I think we felt we'd achieved everything that there was to achieve. <laughs> in cricket. In cricket. So we kind of, you know, it was, it was tough to find the motivation after that. Um, uh, and I also got the yips, <laughs> yeah. which doesn't help. Well, like, yeah, I'm going to try and recruit a few, um, yeah, a few sort of wise heads. A few, of, you know, as I say, get the team back together, get the band back together in yeah, and perhaps we can... Uh, Blow the horn. Yeah. <laughs> and rally the... Wait yeah, for everyone launch. to come running. Yeah. So watch this space, because uh, we could have a bit of actual us cricket to talk about this season. I would be up for that. I'd be up for, for playing a bit. I, I think I played twice last year. One game I didn't bat in, and the second game I got out second ball. I, I'd come in with like four balls to go, and we were, we were you know, well out the game by that point, and I just swung and missed, and I think I was bowled out by, I think, I think he was about 12. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play last summer, but I did play the summer before. I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I, I think I told this story in the podcast. I'm sure I did because it's one of my proudest ever moments where I uh, uh, took a couple of wickets with the ball, uh, pulled off a direct hit run out and then came in uh, and steered a run chase, including hitting a six and a four off the last two balls. 
and uh, I'd, like most of these guys I'd never met before and they thought I was Ian Botham <laughs> and the next week I bowled about 15 whites in a row and got a golden duck and uh, never played again yeah <laughs> alright now I'm up for that team yeah, let's get cool. involved um, alright let's, uh, let's, let's wrap this up if you enjoy the World Cricket Show, there's various ways you can get more involved in it. We're on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show. We're on Twitter at cricket show. We're on Instagram at world cricket show. You can send us an email, world cricket show. I don't know. You can send us an email, world cricket show at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a couple of ways to do that. You can write us a review on your podcast app of choice and or uh, support us with your cash on Patreon, patreon.com slash cricket show. Uh, and a massive thank you to all of our patrons uh, for you know just giving us a bit of um, walking around money. But yeah, that's it. I think Tone, thanks for having me around. It's been a pleasure. Stay in school, everyone, uh, and we'll be back soon to talk more cricket. Cheers, Tone. Speak to you soon. Treat. Bye bye for bye. now. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Smell your fear, ba da da ba 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 da da ba ba.